My grandpops was a man of respect. Had to sweat just to cash checks. Working from sunrise to set. Every what was day that? <laughs> that was so like, and we were just doing it. It was really funny. Anyway, I tricked you. We're on air, Rudy. You you tricked me. No, I pushed the button. <laughs> Damn it! You ruined it. <laughs> you did it too. I still think. Did you notice it? Okay. All right. I'm being much more observant. No, it didn't make any noise. I'm just like more observant now. Well, that's and not. I knew you were going to do this. I was telling that story. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know it was going to be that story that made me do it? Because uh, it was a non sequitur completely. Okay, that's In fine. no way related to my phone. Well, I mean, th that's sort of the thing. Like, either either it's when we're when we're deep in a conversation, I like to push the button, or if it's something that's completely weird and random, then I'll try and jump yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway. All right. Uh, well, welcome to episode six. I'm Al. I'm Rudy. Doing last names anymore because it's informal. We're friends oh, really? with everybody. Is it, is it weird? Everybody on the internet. Everyone on the internet what? says it's weird to do last names. No, I didn't know it's the other. Don't I just, tell me what I to think do. it is. All right. You can say your right. last name. <laughs> I don't want to say my last name. If you're not saying your last name, I don't want to say my last name. All right. Okay. Good. Sorry if I occasionally cough. I'm recovering from a cold. And we all. It's the, it is the season, yeah. man. Yeah. <clears throat> I've been clearing my throat more than coughing now, but yeah. I've got my tea. I've got my coffee here. Delicious. Uh, I've got my bourbon and ginger ale. You have a lot of drinks. Also delicious. Maybe a little sweet, but that's okay. They yeah. the They're Why both they coffee. Okay. No, they're, not. <laughs> <laughs> they're both in the same cup. It's a bourbon ginger ale coffee is what it is. Got it. All right. <laughs> All right. So, so we had a big week. Well, you had a big week. Yeah. I, had a, I had a normal week. It's been slightly more than a week because we recorded in the middle of the week because we both weren't working because of the holidays. But it's true. Uh, yeah. So my week started with a tournament, which was very exciting, hosted by Cheated Fates Joe at Flatlands Games. I he's he's want to do that. He does do that quite a bit. I got three uh, really fun games in with a couple of... Actually, three people have already, I already already played, but they're all fun opponents, so it was really nice to play them. And two of them were guys I don't get to play a ton. Although I talk, I, it seems like I do, because now that because I do, they have been making it up a bit more. So I played them a little bit more than I used to. But that's awesome. Uh, you want me to just jump into it, start going through it? I don't see why not. Yeah, I mean, like it, we're we'll, we're gonna do. We're if we want to talk about our, you know, bulleted list of things we're gonna talk about today, we've got our basic updates, our moving forward update, and we've got some feedback, which is awesome. I love getting feedback, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So I would say okay. it's great. So we'll start with round one. In the surprise, no. <laughs> In the surprise. I'm gonna start with round three. <laughs> All right, round one was versus Alex from Monroe. Not to be confused with Neverborn Alex. We got Ten Thunders Alex. We got Neverborn Alex. Yeah. Yeah. He was playing May Fang as Ten Thunders, which was he had a real fun crew. Uh, t I played Kiris. I was doing Arcanist for this tournament, trying to get some more games in with them. I was gonna. Tr I tried to focus on Kiris just because I had only played a couple with her and wasn't really getting the hang of her yet. So I, the strategy for this one, we went with gaining ground. The the new rotation for 2015. 2015. Yeah, we had extraction, which for those that don't know, extraction is like turf war except there's a marker at the center instead of using the center. 
you know, specifically use the marker. And whoever has the most models near the marker uh, within two inches or three inches, I can't remember, gets to move it. I think it's whoever has the most within two gets to move it up to three inches or something like that. Uh, so his crew was Mei Fang and Ten Thunders, as I said. Uh, he brought... I don't know if I wrote down what he brought, but he had Sensei Yu, Dawn Serpent, a couple of Koimanu, the Monk of High River, which is the one that gives out burning, and Willie the Demolitionist. If you guys follow us on Twitter, Joe on Twitter, you uh, probably heard a little bit about this game, as I brought Curious with Cassandra, uh, Joss, two gunsmiths, a metal gaming, and Willie. It was Willie on Willie off. It was pretty ridiculous. Uh, my the schemes and strategy, or the I don't think strategy. The schemes were bodyguard, entourage, assassinate, take prisoner, and line in the sand. I took bodyguard and entourage on Cassandra. <laughs> I'm getting repetitive with this. <laughs> I mean. I did. I the reason not to is because you, if Cassandra dies, then you lose six oh, points. Oh, points, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to diversify your points a little bit, maybe. Are, yeah, like that was the my I, when I was picking it, I was my biggest concern. I was like, if he kills Cassandra, I will lose for sure. There's no <laughs> way. I <win."> uh, <laughs> but she's really good at staying alive, and she's kind of in that crew. You can really draw focus. There's a lot of other t targets that could be your bodyguard or your entourage, like Kyrus. There's no reason Kyrus can't do entourage. She has flying. Uh, but I wasn't going to put it on her with assassinate in the pool. as I'm, I think Alex likes assassinate. <laughs> yeah. He, he likes killing masters. So who doesn't? Uh, so I, for me. Went, I'm, I didn't, I'm not trying to kill Kyrus, but she's pretty slippery. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to put it on Karis because there was something that would, that would be another six point swing Joss I knew was probably going to die just because I was going to use him as a decoy for Cassandra more than anything uh, and he did that very well uh, yeah so that was my, my main goal I mean just put, put all my eggs in the Cassandra basket and it worked out pretty well she ended up getting me five points because we Played bodyguard, but we only got to turn four. We didn't get to turn five, mm. unfortunately. Which is why uh, bodyguard in tournament settings is risky. Yeah. But. Normally we we we're both pretty quick players, but this game sort of got just slowed down just because we were. It was you know the first game of the day. We we're both getting warmed up. Uh, yeah. It was a crew I was less familiar with. Usually when me and Alex play though, it's like we're done in you know an hour twenty at max. That's just what it seems like it's been when I played him in the past. Yeah, I want to work on hoping. getting faster. Like I feel like I play really quickly. I, maybe yeah. what I need to do to get games done faster is encourage my opponents to move a little quicker. But yeah. I like I like I like the speed of play to be fast so that you don't have the perfect plays. You don't have the perfect moves. You do what seems yeah. right. Instinctual yeah. play leads to more interesting stories. Yeah, exactly, and. Uh, so, that, I mean, that, other than the bodyguard not getting me to the full points, the game went really well from a scheme standpoint. Strategy, on the other hand, was pretty rough. My The way the board was set up, I had, like, this building that was more in my half than his, sort of blocking, like, one corner of the, the center getting to the marker. 
and it prevented me from really clumping up on it too much. <clears throat> Plus, with Willie on the both sides, it was a little sketchy trying to get up there. So I got one point for extraction before he was able to move the marker back, and I wasn't able to get to it uh, after turn two. Mm. He also he pushed Kiris. I mean, not Kiris. He pushed Mei Fang right up and started doing some stuff. He did a really nice move where he faked Mei Fang for Entourage on yeah. like turn four, and I was just like, "Oh, she obviously has Entourage," and made me focus on her rather than focus on getting to the extraction point. Uh, he also he had also taken so, he, but he had actually taken Assassinate, not Entourage. He bodyguard <laughs> on Sensei Yu and Assassinate. So when he faked, I sort of said, okay, he probably has Entourage, and he might have Assassinate, he might have Bodyguard. If he has Bodyguard, I figured it would probably be on Sensei Yu. Right. Uh, so I figured Kira should get in there and try and knock him down, which didn't ever work out too well for her. She ended up getting killed by the Dawn Serpent and the Monk of High River and Sensei Yu. <clears throat> but I was right, and he did have Bodyguard. <laughs> And uh, thankfully, my gunsmith was able to kill Sensei Yu before he got any points for it. It's a hell of a fake. Like, I feel like that's one of the things that I'm weakest at is is the the bluffing of the strategies and schemes, yeah. which is one of the reasons I like to pick the ones that I do, which is things that I can lock up and just be done with. And I'll get to that when I talk about my game with Casey. But mm -hmm. but yeah, like when when I when I can make it so that what I want to do is known and I've got it done before you have a chance to deny it, that's when I'm the best. In a game. Yeah. I <laughs> know yeah, that's that's something that I had come up in at least one other game that was really kind of cool and just it's once you start to notice those things, I think you start to put them into your game more. And it's 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 a hard thing to do, but when you when you do it, it can be really beneficial. And that game, it definitely was because I just completely I was like, well, also I mean I just I thought for sure he had Entourage, and I was like, okay, what am I gonna do to fix this? And then May like bounced back in and was like, "I'm gonna kick Joss to death." And, <laughs> and like I was like, "Oh, I guess you don't have Entourage after you declared assassinate." So, <laughs> uh, sneaky yeah, bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a great game though. I had a lot of fun. There are uh, I got to grab and drop Willie at one point, which was good. <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. That worked out pretty well. And it ended in a 6-6 tie. Ah. Uh, yeah. So we made Joe do some math for the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> to figure out everything. Oh, God, you're going to make me do math. <laughs> yep, yep. You're going to hear him saying that, too. That happened to me when it, it wasn't was... as bad as the last time I got a tie in a tournament he was doing where I was on the top table in the last game, and we tied. <laughs> so it was like, oh, well, we don't actually know who won this tournament now. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that ended a 6-6 tie. I then moved uh, over to play against Kyle, also from Monroe. Kyle was playing... Outcast, Outcast. Kyle? Yes. Yeah. He plays other things. No, but, he doesn't. Yeah, he was playing Outcast <laughs> this day. I've seen him play Arcus. He played Arcus at a Dutchcon. He played Lilith against me. Oh, that's me right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ago. yeah, he's, he's, playing he's got a large uh, collection. He's got uh, and bunch of stuff. He's got a large. He's got a lot of like a lot of crews actually. Uh, but he was playing Outcast and he brought the Vix. This was Reckoning. 
with uh, deliver message, protect territory, breakthrough, cursed object, and line in the sand. Uh, in Reckoning, I decided to go back to Colette just because I feel like she has the more potential for actually getting like two kills every turn. She can also be really good at uh, just getting you know her stuff around the field. And with the more elite crew, I feel like her prompt can come in a lot, uh, be really handy when you're prompting Howard and Joss to do bad things to people. Right. <laughs> so I took, uh, with her, I took Deliver a Message. This is one I really like in Reckoning because even if all your stuff dies, you can already have three points. I also really like it in Arcanist with this crew because... I can bring Cassandra, and she has Nimble, and models with Nimble are really good at deliver a message. Well, not only that, but you can get extra. You can get her. You can get her far up the board on first turn by oh, one yeah. first to the stage, which is a five-inch push. Yeah. Then Colette mm -hmm. can can prompt her. That's three-inch push followed by a five-inch yeah. walk. Then she can five-inch oh, yeah, yeah. and deliver. You can get fifteen like easy. Yeah. Well, this is corners <laughs> to planet, uh, so it was a little bit farther, and I was trying to take my time a little bit. I wasn't rushing up because I didn't want to mess up and get, especially on corners, I knew I wasn't going to do it turn one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was playing pretty, pretty far back with his crew. We were both playing very, very uh, like just slow and precise moving up the board. It was a really great game. It, ended up, it was a ton of fun. Probably, probably the most fun game of the tournament in terms of just like ridiculousness stuff happening. Uh, so my crew was Colette, I brought uh, some upgrades with her. <laughs> I had the shell game, nothing up my sleeve, and Lady Secret. So that's the one that gives her the better or the uh, trigger on her saber trick. She also has the surge trigger in that one, and uh, shell game. I think I'm getting them mixed up, but and I also had the one that let me swap cards for soulstones and soulstones for cards. Yeah, nothing up my sleeve. Yes, that's nothing up my sleeve. Lady's Secret is the saber trick, I think. Uh, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, and then the shell game is the surge trigger on the uh, prompt. It also gives you the all together now? Oh, no, that's practice performance. I don't know. Anyway. I didn't end up using the other thing on there, so I, I used the, the, just the, the extra card on prompt. is fantastic. So my plan for Colette was to keep her back and basically make everybody else kill everything. For Joss, I had I had Joss with impued energies. His plan was to kill everything. Cassandra Smoke and Mirrors was to deliver a message and then kill everything. Howard had imbued energies. His plan was to kill stuff. Johan was I was hoping I was thinking he might bring some constructs. Just I know he likes Hannah and Lazarus, so I brought Johan, but I didn't know Hannah's not actually a construct. So <laughs> <laughs> So, Johan, while she not facing any constructs, I, yeah, I assumed... She's given got a big robot arm. suit. Like, you, if you can't hit her with it, then hit her giant fucking robot suit with the, with the relic hammer. That would no, still be plenty of damage. Oh, there, maybe it. Yeah, okay. Now it's a robot I had to point it out this time, so yeah, okay. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that he didn't end up being able to do lots of damage to constructs and tyrants. Also, I brought him because he has his uh, Rebel Yell heal. Which I yeah. figured would be good with MSU. Always we could benefit from that. And Willie, Willie was my was my last model. He was brought to throw blast. Weak and he ignores armor, which is great. 
Uh, he's really good against a lot of of, um, of outcast masters. He can drop yeah. rats like nothing. If they bring Hamlin, they can do a lot mm-hmm. of damage without having to worry about you know terrifying checks and line of sight yep. and stuff like that for a lot of those models. Yeah. And then, but Kyle's crew was the Victorias, both of them with the Student of Conflict. <laughs> both Anna, of them. <laughs> yeah, both Vicks. Student, you didn't bring just one, yeah. <laughs> someday, someday I want to play Plus a Victorious where I don't bring the Vicky of Blood just to throw someone off. Good luck with that. There's uh, not a reason, there's <laughs> no reason to do that, but. <laughs> yeah. A student of whatever the one that goes with them is. Student Conflict? Is that yep, it? That's the one, yeah. Alright, I yeah. Not one of the undead ones, that'd be weird. Uh, Hannah, tr- the Free Corpse Trapper, and a strong arm stu- suit. He didn't bring his bishop model or forgot his bishop card or something, and that's why he brought the strong arm suit instead of bishop. I was not complaining about that, although the strong arm suit did a ton of work for him. Uh, I deployed first in corner, or no, he deployed first. He put his trapper up on this pavilion thing that was three inches tall, you know, on the opposite corner from the corner he deployed in. Uh, And then I deployed completely behind a forest where he couldn't see me. Uh, And then promptly, turn one, moved all my guys, you know, as far as they could the other direction to not be in his line of sight still. <laughs> he did manage to get a pot shot off at Joss and somehow managed to do like four wounds to him, which was unfortunate, but ended up not really being too influential. Uh, basically what it did... Oh, I'll just go over the schemes he took. I took Protector and deliver a message. I think I already said that. Yeah. But uh, I figured with Colette... Protect territory. Uh, protect territory. territory. Might be... Reckoning it might be a little tough just because they're going to be killing a lot of stuff, but... I figured I'd probably at least be able to have one or two... I'd be able to have two models with some scheme markers around them at the end of the game. That's true. Wouldn't well, but you can also... Here's the thing. I just looked up those... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you can have two markers within one. Yeah, also. and you can use shell game to push mechanical doves and mannequins around, and they can count as scheme markers. Yeah, I'd have to bring those and use them, though. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> disappearing anyway, uh, Act, uh, Lady Secrets yeah, give you the saber trick and also Encore, which makes it so Disappearing Act doesn't get rid of a scheme marker. Yeah, that, that's, that was the other thing I used actually quite a bit in this game. Uh, so basically how it worked went up is on turn three, he jumped his trapper down and started making his way for breakthrough, and I said, well, I'll send Willie over there to try and prevent that, and I'll keep moving forward with everybody else. Uh, Howard got beaten up by the strong arm suit and Hannah and killed... He did do a bunch of damage to the strong arm suit before dying, uh, and then set him the strong arm suit so Cassandra could kill him, which was awesome. She used that and then pushed up the field to get close to the Vix for the next turn to deliver a message. This is after I think uh, the master Vic had already activated, so I was like, I wasn't worried about her getting killed, uh, you know. <laughs> mm. And then yeah. Even if and she was still at full wounds, so as I figured with the, a fresh hand, I'd still be able to live. Maybe I was hoping, but uh, <laughs> it worked out all right. She didn't get killed. She wasn't in like I couldn't be charged either where I was at. Like I, the positioning was pretty good where I was outside of the ability to be charged by the Vic right away. So she would have had to move and charge when I got three attacks or anything. So I figured I'd have a good shot. 
Uh, turn three uh, and four didn't really go too great for me. Mainly turn four. Turn four, uh, I had Cassandra killed and Willie killed, and Willie was the only guy trying to stop that trapper from dropping schemes, so it was a little uh, scary. Plus, he had delivered a message uh, announced, so I knew... You knew someone was coming for you? Yeah, I knew that was going to be tough to... I knew I couldn't push Colette to do stuff to him. Right. Luckily, uh, somehow it worked out where I managed to bounce Colette over and discard a scheme marker after the trapper had activated, so I knew he couldn't deliver that turn. Which is good. And then uh, he ended up getting... I wrote it down, probably. (coughs) Jeez. Um, You're doing fine. Yeah. It was a rough game. Yeah, it was a rough game. He uh, killed a ton of my models. I was down to, like, four models on the start of turn four, Mm. which was Joss, Johan, Colette. It must have been three, because Cassandra got killed on turn... Yeah, he killed Willie and Cassandra on turn three. Luckily, Johan decided to show up big... <laughs> and managed to kill Henchman Vic in three hits off the flurry. Nice. I had left that freed up Colette because she didn't <clears> have to stay there and prompt him, so he, she was able to run over and mess with the trapper, preventing some points for breakthrough. Uh, and then uh, Joss killed Hannah because he doesn't care if she's a construct or not. He <laughs> he just he's ignores armor. The, so. He's ignoring the army, which armor, which yeah. is the most important part. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. so he just beat her down real quick. Uh, and then turn five was pretty ridiculous. We had... That might have been... Actually, this was turn five when Johan killed uh, the Vic. It was very late. That was why I got to get the breakthrough without worrying about delivering a message, because it was turn five. So he killed the Vic, and then Master Vic charged him. She had fast from Student of Conflict. And uh, charged Johan, killed Johan, charged Joss, Joss, and got him down to one wound, so he got to reactivate. Did she take Oathkeeper so she can do two charges? I don't know. Yes. That's weird. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. She had fast. Right. Oh, yeah, no, Master Vic can do it. Yes. Vic can. <laughs> Henchman Vic can yeah. because it's, not a, it's a melee expert, not a, not a third. Yeah, condition. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, so, yeah, she charged over, and then Joss promptly reactivated and beat her to death with an axe. <laughs> so that was pretty awesome to give me another point for reckoning. I don't actually remember the score. For, I didn't write down the score for this game for some reason, but I think it was something like 6-3 to three or 7-3 to three in the end. We, I think I got two points for reckoning. He got one. And then he got one for breakthrough. So yeah, it would have been six to two, something like that. What anyway, would you, what what could you have done to do better? Do you think? I think that's the most. Uh, there was actually one made. real big mistake that I made late <clears throat> with uh, Colette. I could have. Um, I set it up. It was it was bad. It was I could have. Oh, instead of uh, attacking him, I could have dropped a scheme marker for another two points for Protect Territory instead of just one. Because uh, I, I ended the game with just Joss and Colette on the table, and Joss got me 
one point for Predict Territory. I could have gotten three if I had dropped a scheme marker with Colette rather than uh, doing something else. I think I cleared his scheme marker and then attacked him. No, that's a zero action. And there was a one point where I could have gotten another point for Predict Territory, mm. but I didn't. That was my biggest mistake for sure. Because I mean, at the point, I w at the point, I knew he was only going to be able to get two points, so I wasn't, you know, I was up, I was up, but that could have given me a little better differential. Right. <laughs> but with the tie, it didn't actually end up mattering what my differential was, because uh, I was just on a weird number of points. Uh, so that brings us to round three. Uh, this one I played against GT, who's a Unicorn player. Uh, you might have, but probably not. I think he started coming out more after you were taken off, after you'd taken off. Uh, we played Headhunter, which is one of the new strats. That one is... It's the Joker. Oh, no, it's not the Joker stat. It's... Oh. But, yeah, no, it's good. I like Headhunter a lot. Yeah, it's a fun one. It's where you... When, an, when you kill an enemy model... The acting model places a head marker within three inches of it, and anyone can take a one interact to claim it, and then you get a victory point. This is the one we talked about a lot last last time. Yeah, we talked about it. The only yeah, game we played that we played. A game with it. <laughs> yeah, so we've played it before. We've talked about it before. Uh, it's I like it a lot. It was fun. He played Lilith. I brought Kiris back out. I figured. Um, she's got a little bit more range than Colette. And she's got some fun stuff. I don't actually remember what. Maybe I wrote it down. Oh, I thought that. Uh, well, that was the other. Th it was more for the strategies or for the schemes. We had protect territory, plant explosives, distract, and make them suffer. And I figured plant explosives with Kiris would be fairly easy to get, just given her grab and drop trick with placing all the markers for giving you guys fla flaming wings, and then they get to drop a marker for free. Make it fairly easy to get this. Uh, I got three points for it, turn two, just because I had dropped so many markers that once Lilith started engaging, it was really easy to get three models in range and just do it. He, if he was going to avoid it, he was going to have to do a, a ton of work to avoid it. So that worked out pretty good. Uh, my other one was Distract. In Headhunter, there's a lot of benefit to being engaging models because then they can't pick up heads. You get to be... you tie up people from being able to interact with the heads, which is great. You're close to the heads when they drop if stuff, you know, does kill things. It makes it harder for them to put it in a place where you can't get to it, which is fantastic. Mm. So Distract works really well with that because you don't really want to kill a ton of models because then you're just dropping a bunch of heads that everyone can interact with. You only really need to kill one or one a turn to get that head. Right. So, and you're also <laughs> wanting to be engaged, so if you're going to be engaged, you might as well take Distract because that way you're getting points while you're engaged and not killing stuff. See, that's the thing that I didn't really know about <coughs> our, of our game that was Headhunter yeah. was that you only need one head a turn. So I, I came in with a crew that was going to just hopefully wipe the floor with everything. But what ended up happening was we put a bunch of heads down and we had a bunch of engagement and no one could get any of the like five or six heads that were everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the strike was really good with it. It turned out to, just because 
they want to engage you so that you can't pick up hits. And if your people are engaging each other, you're going to want to distract. You're going to, distracting makes it yeah. huge a lot of sense because you're just they're not going to want to clear distract. They're going to want to try and break engagement or kill stuff or get heads. And yeah. you're you're very likely to get some good some points from it. Uh, my crew, I brought two gunsmiths. These are mainly just to soften stuff up. Uh, t t they're tough to kill, which is good. Uh, they've got some advantages with, with Kyrus with the fire stuff, if she can light stuff on fire for him. I brought the Corfi. They're really fast. They can move in and out of engagement without disengaging strikes, which is fantastic to get heads if you know that drop out of the way. They have seven inch walk. Uh, yeah. So that's why I brought them. Right. They ended up doing a lot of work. They're really hard to hit. They have armor. They're good against Neverborn, I think, because of the armor. I brought Cassandra with smoke and mirrors. Uh, she's nimble, which another one that's good in Headhunter because she can kill something, walk and claim a head marker if she doesn't one hit. Uh... She did this on turn th uh, turn three versus or no she uh, she can get extra attacks which is great. Uh, Willie. Yeah, dude. I mean, if I could if I could choose one model to have with me in any crew I ever take, it'd be Cassandra. But like the idea that you could nimble up to somebody, hit them with a melee, steal a cast, hit them with the cast, potentially get another cast and kill them with that, and then still have an AP left over to pick up a head, that'd be great. <clears throat> No, you wouldn't yeah, be able to well, because you need yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, because that's basically. where you want the nimble action, yeah. yeah the ability to, 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 if you're engaged, make an attack, get the free cast, then nimble and pick up the head all by yourself seemed really good. Uh, yeah, I feel nimble, like Colette yeah. would be so good at this because I remember you played Colette against me and I was like, yeah, that's going to be great because you can have Colette prompt somebody to push them three inches, which would get them yeah, out yeah. of engagement and right. then into base-to-base -base with the head. Yeah. yeah, no, she is. They're both really good, but uh, I wanted to play some more games with Karis just because, I, like I said earlier, I didn't really, I wasn't really feeling it with her before the tournament, just in terms of getting her play style, and I just wanted to play her more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember I reading the show notes for that. Do it fairly well. So. I was reading your show notes for that, and you were like, "I don't really understand Karis. I don't know if I get her. I think that I'm not getting the most out of her as I can. Ten to three win." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, GT did have a little bit of trouble with some with some with his deck this game. He did. He was getting some bad flips. I managed to get my my biggest mistake. Okay, let's do that first. I also had a performer and Willie. Just if anyone was curious, the performer is good because they can interact while engaged. Uh, so usually you can, you know, sneak in some heads that way. And uh, also the Siren's Call was good with plant explosives because you can pull in a third model if you need for that extra point. Ooh, that's smart. Yeah. Willie, uh, just for blasts, and he's good with Kyrus because he gives out damage to people. He can ignore armor, which is nice. He's just a solid picket at six points. At six stones, yeah, he's real good. He's, good. he's a good mid-range yeah. model with mm -hmm. a lot of shenanigans. It's just solid. Yep. Yeah, and then, uh, so that was that. Uh, my, like I said, my biggest mistake for sure was on turn two, at the at the end of turn one or near the end, he activated Lilith, Tangled Shadows, swapping Graves with a Gunsmith who had already activated, mm. and then proceeded to 
like beat the gunsmith down to Ooh. one wound on turn one in his backfield, and I was like, oh, that's going to be a head marker. But he placed, like, she was within one inch, and I realized, oh, if I if I hit Lilith with my gun, then she will kill me with black blood, and I won't drop a head. Oh. And it'd be awesome. The problem was, the, the mistake part was that I had fast, so I had three AP to do this, and I didn't take one of them to distract. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Before yeah. killing myself, so I could distract really more. Turn two, and then killed myself. I didn't. It ended up not mattering because I managed to get the distracts with the Corophy later in the turn. Still get full points for it. That could have been so but good, though. You would have been really good. Because <laughs> you know, at, at best, best case, like there's no lose there because either Lilith's taking two AP to clear distract, or I'm getting a point if I get yeah. one more distracted model. Uh, the game sort of revolved around this bunker, I sort of moved up past the middle, and he sat back behind it a little bit with his Waldegeists, and he had Capellius Widow Weaver. Capellius, he overextended, and Cassandra and a gunsmith killed really easily and picked up a head on turn two for that. He brought Graves up, who was dealing with some Corphy. The Corphy was managing to stay alive just by a lot of good flips or bad flips from GT. Uh, for a while, was able to distract both Graves and Lilith on at at one point, which was fantastic. Got me um, my points for distract right there because they both stayed alive the whole game and they both never Had cleared distract. Things to so. do than just clear distract. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he managed to get a couple heads using Lilith. He killed a Corphy and then picked up its head. He used a Beckoner to lure a Corfi. That was the big thing about this tournament that was a lot of fun that maybe we'll talk about another time, was Joe put Hazardous Terrain on every board. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so, a big push from the community, I think, right now to yeah. get more Hazardous Terrain onto boards because yeah. of... Like, it's it's so, a rule in the game for a reason. Yeah, so. it added fun to the game because I got to grab and drop a Waldegeist into Hazardous Terrain. That's exactly what he I would got do. To, he got to lure... Uh, Corphy into Hazardous Terrain. It just adds another element that's really nice. But we can maybe sure. talk about it more another time. Sure. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, th- I really... I really... T- 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 think that I don't know what I- to do with Karis. She's one of those masters that has really good stats. She's got a bunch of cast sevens. She's got good defense, good walk, flying... She's like 12 wounds. The thing that's really interesting for me about Karis is she's got a lot of really, really solid combat stats, but she absolutely shines as a support master. Like, she can do... She she can do either role effectively, but if you... Like, the times that I've gotten the most out of Karis in my three games or whatever it's been with her has been when I had a plan for her to do something sort of tricksy and once that was out of the way, um, she moved in and started making Bernie facey murderiness. But it was knowing that I need to put flair down on stuff before I do things, or knowing that I want to grab and drop somebody to get them on another side of a wall or something to isolate them. Like knowing knowing about her her sort of subtle uh, horizontal style attacks, not direct attacks. Um, causes her to be sort of a step above in my book. I don't know. I, 
I I get I think I I've been playing with those is the thing I haven't I maybe I haven't explored them enough, but I've been playing with them and it just it it just not maybe it's not that I don't think she's bad or anything I just don't think they click with me personally. Mm. When I'm and that's fine. Right. Maybe that's totally I got a few okay. more games and maybe I'll get it get a feel for it that I'll like it a little better. I think I just prefer other things in my masters. I don't know. Why not? This one thing that her yeah. She's good. she's good. I mean, I played with her. She was fun. She got me some points, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> I played games. I mean, I tied one and I won one. Really good. But yep. She's uh, she's yeah. a master. She's definitely a master. <laughs> <laughs> she can use five stones. <laughs> she can, she uh, gets three yeah. AP turn. I mean, <laughs> model's really pretty. It's a nice model. Yeah. It's true. The new models look really good too. I kind of can't wait for them to come out. But yeah. All right. So that is the tournament. I ended how, how up. How did you end up doing overall? Yeah. I ended up in second place behind John, who plays Arcanists. So it was Arcanist one and two. Nice. Uh, and then Josh, who's a newer, he's a newer player, at least newer to Flatlands. About newer in the actual game. I haven't actually played against him ever, so I don't know. I haven't actually talked to him too much. Yeah. He plays Resurrectionists. Came in third. Resurrectionists, uh, Master Race. <clears throat> yep, he played... Uh, he plays Karai, Molly... He plays a lot of people. I think he played Karai, Molly, and McMorning in this tournament, but I'm not sure. My kind of reser. Yeah, he played some fun... St- he's a. He seems like a good guy. I'm looking forward to playing against him at some point. What else? What else? What else? So yeah, I came in second... Uh, it was fun. It was the first ranked tournament I've ever played in. That was kind of cool. Right, you're ranked now. Yeah, I don't know where. I don't actually think I checked. I see he he posted like the actual event, like what I got, but I didn't actually look at the rankings, like homepage thing. Yeah, look the event thing. I think I got like seventy some points because it wasn't a full. I don't know what the minimum, like the maximum, so you can get like. I, I don't I don't know how it works exactly. I know that if it's a smaller event, you get less points than a bigger event. Which essentially, there you can you you your rank is based on your highest three placings. I only got events. one. Events only have um, as many points as there are people in them. So like not like there's a twelve person event. There's twelve points, but I think it's something like twenty people gets you the maximum. 100 points 100, for firsting. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, my friend Alan, are at 77 points for okay. your second placing, yeah. which puts you at 59th. You're the 59th ranked player in America right now. Well, that's pretty crazy. 59th of 212. Oh. All right. That can't be true. You guys need to play more ranked tournaments. We do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the rest of America in general. <laughs> yeah, we do. I mean, you're just about top quarter. You're you're almost at the top, but there are, there are. Let's see. Uh, the last twelve people have zero points, probably because they did not. Oh, Nick Rodrigo's at zero. <laughs> well, he played Adepticon, so and dropped. Uh, I'm pretty sure. So. Adepticon was. I think Adepticon was in last year's rankings, so. though. No, this is a year rolling finish. year. When does our year start? No, it's just like a continual rolling year. So when 
we get past that calendar year, it goes on. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure that works from listening to the Malifools. Got it, and, yeah. You know, they talk about, I'm mean, the same as the UK one. It's the same site, so I assume it's the same, yep. you know, code setup. But yeah, it was fun. The rankings, I, I mean, I guess if I play more ranked events, I might get into it some more. It was yeah, kind of, it's, it's I, want, I want to make events to start in my in my hood. We're like Dan and I, Josh to a lesser extent, but Dan and I right now are really pushing to try and get enough people to come to enough regular tournaments that we can just start ranking everything. That way, we can all like yeah. have as many options to get as many high ranks in in ranked tournaments as we can, because yeah. we want that we want that that bargaining chip to throw in the in the Twitter arena. So you should say I'm top 25%. <laughs> I'm in the top quarter of American players right now. No big deal. Okay. Make sure, make sure you throw that around. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sure to do that. That's really elite. If I play some more tournaments and do well, I mean, maybe I'll get to go up. It'll be fun. Yeah. We gotta get some more ranked tournaments though. Um, totally. I agree with you. you anyway, I mean, you guys uh, are you guys are in a region that you could do it too. Is the worst part for me? I mean, best part for you. Worst part. It's terrible. All right, Rudy, you talk about one of your games. Uh, I had a game against, uh, before we begin, Dan. Uh, he played, we wanted to try out one of the new, it was, I, it was the first time I've played a basketball game against anyone besides Alan or Miles. We had, Miles and I had a couple of demo games when I was out here for the summertime. Um, but I had one against Dan, and he declared Rezzers, and I declared McCabe, and we were playing uh, Interference. This is the one where it's sort of like Reconnoiter, only a little different in that uh, the only models that count towards interference are models that are unengaged. So if you have, you can have five models that are all in one in one quarter, but if they're all engaged with people, they don't count for a crap. Um, so he played Nico, I played McCabe. He was looking to try and overwhelm me with uh, summons, as Nicodem likes to do, and I was looking to use. Uh, a slurry of uh, cheap costed models uh, to try and to try and kill some stuff and and uh, and take over quarters. Our schemes were protect territory, cursed object, make them suffer, line in the sand, and vendetta. Whenever I'm playing guild and I see vendetta, I think um, guild ostringers because they're super good at it. They're they're relatively low cost at six soul stones, so you can make them go after a lot of you know, medium cost, uh, relatively squishy models, and since they can attack without a lot of sight, they can usually get the first point on the first or second turn, no problem. Um, <clears throat> and so he went with uh, he went with line in the sand, announced, and protect territory. I went with Vendetta versus Toshiro, and also protect territory, announced. My list was McCabe with the Badge of Speed the elix and the Elixir of Life. No other upgrades. I had Sadir with By Your Side and Promises. I had Francisco with Wade In. I had Luna, four Guild Hounds, and a Guild Ostringer. My plan was to use the Badge of Speed to reactivate the Ostringer and then pass it off to him to give him Nimble. And then have Luna have the Elixir of Life to help. Because if you have the Elixir of Life on a minion, it gives models within three inches of her um, unimpeded. So she was going to, like, shepherd people across this sort of sewery uh, hazardous terrain. Or, uh, not hazardous. Um, rough terrain. 
um, to try and get people across the river faster. And then I was going to use the dogs to sort of rush up and, and in, interfere with people up there to sort of get them into melee while the rest of my crew moved up. <coughs> Bless you. Not, not a sneeze, that was a cough. Uh, I had a couple heavy hitters to try and take out uh, more not models to, to keep him from getting to score. I had Sadir and Frank going up one side against some Bells and some Necropunks, and then I had... Uh, and I wanted to kill the Kruligans really early, too. I almost was like, well, I'll have him attack... I'll have my Osprey attack the Toshiro once, and then I'll have him go after the Kruligans. But it ended up not being important because I was able to use other things to do it. Um... He he had Nikodem Mortimer with the Spleen upgrade, Toshiro with the Command the Grades upgrade, two Bells and two Kruligans, and so his plan was to, you know, sort of do the normal Nikodem thing, which is move into the midfield and then support from backfield and summon to keep his side of the table. He was very surprised at the speed at which McCabe can get moving, so when he deployed his um, Kruligans in a place that he thought was going to be relatively safe, um, I was engaging and, and making that difficult for him really, really quick. Uh, I did get my first point, first turn Vendetta by Nimble focusing on the Ostringer. I did use two Nimbles, so by the beginning of turn two, uh, the Ostringer, with making two 18-inch shots, was within range of, to start making 12-inch shots across the board. It was so boss. Um... I almost had, I mean, I had uh, had my mounted McCabe basically killing everything on his way up. He killed one of the Kruligans. He killed a Bell, I think. Um, and then he was engaging uh, Toshiro and a Punk Zombie. And if I had wanted to, I could have just made McCabe murder Toshiro early. Uh, but I wanted to get all three points by having the last attack be from the Ostringer as well. So I got greedy, um, and uh, and then Nicodem sort of came over to support that side. He cast Fling Rot or whatever it is, and got the discard a corpse counter to full heal an undead model of your choice and healed yeah, Tishiro all the way back up. And I had to start again. Decay, decay. Fling Rot is Mortimer's yeah. uh, push thing. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, Nicodem is fun. <laughs> that is one like way to look at it, yeah. Interference, I mean Huh. Lots of moving around, which is good. Yeah. Seems like a fun I mean, master. The the crazy thing that happened with McCabe was uh so he's got he's got the ability that says when he's dismounted he gets summoned. So he actually gets a second activation that term where he can take two AP because he was summoned with slow and a zero. Um but when he's dismounted, he also has a four-inch melee range because he switches to his whip. So when I was engaging Nicodem and Abel while I was mounted, then he knocked me off my horse, and I was engaging his Bell, his Nicodem, and his Punk Zombie, which effectively took out everything he had in that corner with one model. Yeah. So Those I, bigger engagement know. range can be really good in interference, they seem like. Yeah. Like Wildergeist would be probably a solid pick for a lot, but they're when they can get up to four inches. You can also change it, which is good. Like go from two to four. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good 
The other thing that I was thinking about doing, but then didn't and should have, was there's a there's another thing that he's got where he can sacrifice himself to give himself reactivate. So he gains reactivate and then he sacrifices himself at the end of the turn. Here's my last AP for the turn. I could have reactivated without worrying about being killed before I could reactivate, and then done a ton of damage to Toshiro sh- to sh- and killed him to gain my extra point, like lock the extra point in. Yeah. Um, and it was only really, I only considered it a mistake because his first move on the next turn was um, flurrying with the punk zombie and killing uh, McKay before he got a chance to do anything else. So it's yeah. like, I netted nothing for not sacrificing him, and I could have gained uh, a guaranteed points. Yep. Um, Luna with Walk 7 was crazy. The dogs with Walk 7 are crazy. The horse with Walk 7 is crazy. Uh, the the uh, the ability, the the synergy between Francisco and Sadir when each of them has an upgrade and, and he's got promises was just ridiculous. Like, Frank gives Sadir melee 7 so he can repost more often. Frank gives, or Sadir gives Frank positive twist to willpower and melee attacks. So he's coming in paired combat 7 with a minimum 3 damage. Ah, that's beautiful. It's, yeah, it was really, really good. Sadir's one I've wanted, I need to take a look at. I mean, there's no way for me to get him, but maybe I'll proxy him. He's super graced. If I'm gonna play Ten Thunders more, I should, I should look at some other henchman options in there. Yeah, he's definitely good. He's got shooting seven with a with a non-closed. No, no, he does have a close. He's got a shooting seven, which says if he's got a ram in the shoot. He can make a raking fire, basically. He can make an attack against yeah. another model. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's a great shooting character. He's also good at melee buffing. Like I, his ability to heal himself and also use always there to protect. Like I kept Frank from getting attacked ever, and he just kept jumping up the field to to be there to have her post ready. And I think he single handedly took down a student of uh, sinew. Like it's just he's they were just totally baller. I pushed him right back into the center of his field. And uh there was a chance that he was gonna be able to come back up for like a nine eight. Um but we ended up calling it at the end of turn four because I had to move and, and uh do other stuff. Like it had been a long game. Anyway, yeah. That was my first game. My mistake my biggest mistake was not not securing points when I had the opportunity to secure points. Um Yeah, and Shiro's a model you want to kill if you have the opportunity to. Especially That's one of the things about him. Well, he was yeah, making... He can... his, his, his model application is off the hook. Like, oh, I can just give anything fast, and I can give anything focus. It's just super yeah. good. Go ahead. Sorry. No, he's just a really good model. There's no reason not to kill him when you have a chance. I mean, other than something really like you, you, you know... Took deliver a message on him, or he has distract, and he's your only—you know—you're gonna lose points. But if you're getting a point for killing him, it's probably a good idea. Yeah, it's always fun with those sort of with those sort of schemes, though. It's trying to figure out when the best time is it worth it to save it and try and get to, like plant explosives in the same way. Yeah. When is it worth it to wait and maybe not be able to? Anyway. Uh, I played another game on Wednesday at Flatlands. I went up on Wednesday night for a regular night, and I played against GT again. The re- the grudge match. The uh, grudge. He brought 
He brought Dreamer. This was his first game with Dreamer, and because I was lazy and didn't repack my bag, I brought Kyrus. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had the same models and everything. I didn't. I didn't really feel like playing Arcanist anymore, but I hadn't sorted out my other stuff. So I was like, all right, whatever. I got stuff I have to do, so I couldn't change it out. Anyway, yeah. I played Kyrus. We played Turf War. Uh, the scheme pool was Breakthrough, Protect Territory, Line in the Sand, Make Them Suffer, and something else that neither of us it took. Didn't end up mattering, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. I'm not going to try and remember because it'll be really entertaining for everyone if I just think about it. No, <laughs> I took Protect Territory and Make Them Suffer. He took Breakthrough and Make Them Suffer. He had Dreamer. He brought Summoning Dreamer. He brought Teddy, Widow Weaver. Oh, man. Summoning Dreamer and it makes him suffer, really? Sillarid, Teratot, uh, some, some other stuff. Yeah. Some amount of Daydreams and Alps, I think, he had to start the game. I think he had one or two. Oh. Yeah, I think that was his crew. He might have had a few other things, but I can't remember them. They didn't really come up too much in the game. It was all about Teddy and Widow Weaver. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. It's a good I, duo. Yeah. I had Kyrus with Willie and Cassandra and Firestarter. I brought in this game to try out as a henchman and figured would make them suffer. He seems like he should be able to kill stuff. Plus, being able to claim burning kills for himself would have been good. Uh, seemed like a solid choice with the two henchmen and a master, all of which are capable of killing stuff. I also brought uh, a gunsmith or two gunsmiths? Two gunsmiths, yes. And two fire gammon to try them out as well. Figured I'd get some stuff on fire, get some advantages for Kyrus, just a fun, more burning-oriented than I've gone. This is part of the thing of I don't really get where Kyrus is trying to go, so I was like, maybe if I play with more burning, it'll make more sense. Mm-hmm. It didn't. A lot of that had to do with my hands being really bad on turn two and turn three, and him having lots of web markers and Teddy murdering me. <laughs> <laughs> so on turn t- one, Teddy killed. A, oh, I read a performer too. Turn one, he killed my uh, performer with Teddy. Uh, turn two, he killed. Uh, no, he brought Widow Weaver up, dropped markers. I don't know if he actually killed anything, but he pushed Teddy around. Teddy pushed in, hit Kyrus, moved her, knocked her into the web markers. And then he pushed somebody else, too, I think, in the next turn. And it was just, like, brutal. He was hurting Kyrus a lot. His, I managed to kill his Terratot with Cassandra. Cassandra, again, was really good. She got me most of my Make Them Suffer points, actually. <laughs> so baller! She's just like, she killed a Terratot after a gunsmith weakened it. She killed a bunch of daydreams and Alps just for the other points for Make Them Suffer. So I think I got full points for Make Them Suffer, thanks mainly to Cassandra. I think that uh, Karis might have gotten one, but she was pretty focused on Teddy. He ended up being able to paralyze a bunch of my models with the web markers. Mm-hmm. He got Karis, he paralyzed one turn. He was having trouble with Make Them Suffer, though. Uh, part of that's because he only had one henchman and Dreamer and wasn't bringing out Chompy. So he really, if he didn't kill stuff with Widow Weaver, he was 
kind of out of luck on that. Yeah. But he was taking a real good advantage of uh, Dreamer's healing aura. He kept healing stuff back up before I could kill it. It's really good advantage uh, there. My Silurid, his Silurid out, not really outdueled, but just sort of managed to outmaneuver my gunsmith on one flank to get his breakthrough markers. Those ones where I might have been able to go and clear them, but at the time I was so short on models, I just used mine to get protect territory to make sure I got full points for protect territory. That was very important. Yeah, so he killed all my stuff and made me sad. And one nine to eight, I think it was. I think he lost. Yeah, because he lost one point for making them suffer. Only managed to get two, and then fold everything else. Yeah, and then you got everything else, and then I got two point, three points for protect territory, and I think I only got two points for murder protege or make them suffer, and two points for turf war, or three points for turf war. So at at that point, I needed to save Cassandra, so I had two models for protect territory instead of getting one more <laughs> point for make them suffer, and right. she managed to out, outrun Teddy and beat him. So. Uh, it actually, I could have, if I, if uh, you know, obviously hindsight, but I could have pulled off the crazy shenanigans with Cassandra and got her to get all the points for protect territory. Oh yeah, because she charged him with Teddy, and I pushed away and dropped a ski marker with smoke and mirrors, and could, and she could have gotten all the points by herself. But right. <laughs> so I could have used the gunsmith to chase that silver and kill stuff, but. I didn't want to risk it, and there was, you know, obviously, if I didn't get the mask, he would have, it wouldn't have, it would have been a different game. So he and still he won. For it, yeah. He did a good job with Dreamer in his first game. Dreamer, I mean, he's a he's a tough customer, man. I've only played against a new Dreamer, I think, one time, but it's really terrifying to me. Maybe <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's really spooky. I played like, against him a lot of times. It's sort of like if. He's, it's like all of the scariness of summoning with uh, Kidai, but more unpredictable because it can happen anywhere near where the Dreamer is. Whereas Kidai is like, well, I need to have something with wounds so I can summon off of things, so I know it's going to be here or within this distance, whatever. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of potential. He's got really good support ability, too, with his ability yeah. to give out heals, give out fast... Do pushes and melee attacks. He he can do a lot of support, which is really nice. Which uh, GT took advantage of. He was healing stuff a lot. Uh, it was a really good game. I mean, it was fun. It was really uh, my biggest mistake. This was silly. It was the fire game, and I hadn't played with him a bunch. And actually, I don't know if I if I did this or if he did it by pushing stuff, but. Curious ended up with one wound within two inches of a fire game, and so started turn. <laughs> I think it was turn four, the very top of turn four. He uh, used Widow Weaver to kill my fire game and getting him to make them suffer points. And then he blew up and killed Karis before she could activate, which is very sad. Because <laughs> I actually had a card I could cheat, so she wouldn't have been paralyzed and it wouldn't have been able to do stuff and maybe maybe did some work. But he played a really tight game with using Dreamer's Auras to heal everything. And yeah. It's a good one. I did. I don't. I don't know if I'm if I like Curious anymore because of this game. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely didn't. 
I definitely decided to clear the Arcanist out of the bag after Wednesday night, though. Wednesday was also funny because we had three players playing Dreamer. Oh god! Yeah, I, I've been seeing a big trend. three were playing. I've been seeing a big trend back towards Dreamer this yeah. this New Year. It's like the New Year's resolution is everyone's playing Dreamer, <laughs> which is another reason why I don't think I'm going to move towards it. But um, anyway, yeah, I mean the plastic game now, everyone's gone crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a game against one of our locals, Casey. He was playing Vickies. He was he's pretty new to the Vickies. He's he's sort of just sort of dipping his toe into the outcasts and then you know how it is with Malfo and when you have time on your hand, it's like, I'm gonna go ahead and just I'll just try Vickies and now I'm gonna buy Hamelin and Jackdaw and <laughs> So he's he's gone uh, and he's also looking at getting the um, the Leviticus box set, so he's looking to go deep into the outcast sort of right away. Um, so he was playing Vicky's, I was playing McCabe. We we're still playing 2014 rules, so we uh, flipped up a... Um, what was that thing called? Uh, squatter's Rights? We played Squatter's Rights? Yeah, the, the schemes were Assassinate, Make Them Suffer, Line in the Sand, Breakthrough, and Entourage. Uh, coming off of my... My game with uh, McCabe last time I figured Squatter's Rights and McCabe was sort of a shoo-in. My crew was uh, McCabe with the badge, the saber, and promises. I did some reading on McCabe between my my first game and my second one, and there was like, <coughs> three things that really stuck out were use the brutal effigy with passing him off, passing off upgrades to him, like the. Um, like the saber gives him a really powerful, potent melee attack, and he can just run up and be a, an awesome little frontline machine for four stones. Uh, and then, uh, if you give the pale rider the um, saber, he can have um, critical strike on an attack while he's getting his uh, bonus to rams for for attacks. So he can be coming in with you know plus five rams to his melee attack with critical strike all built in. So he's swinging for like seven or eight damage if you get into a turn six, which we did. Um, on a minimum. Ugh, it's gross. Uh, so I took McCabe with uh, the badge of speed so I can do more speed tricks. Promises, because Joel Henry says you should always put promises on McCabe, because essentially if you're within range to get a, uh, an upgrade from Take This, you're also within range to get the bonuses from Promises, which makes sense. Uh, I took Sadir with By Your Side because I love Sadir. I took the Pale Rider with Lead-Lined Coat so he didn't need to get the Saber in order to get a bonus to his um, bonus from Promises. The problem is his, his main attack is a shooting attack, so you don't actually get bonuses until you give him the Saber. You still get the bonuses to the Willpower duels, though. Um, I took the Ostringer, I took a Luna, I took the Brutal Effigy, and I took a pair of dogs. He brought he brought basically the Vix box set, which is Vicky A and B, uh, Johan Bishop, a student of conflict, Taylor Hans, and instead of um, Misaki, he brought Vanessa. Um, I took Assassinate and is that Nathan's, the metal box? Yes, the metal box. Okay, yeah. I was like what? I'm like that's not in the box at all, really. <laughs> I took I took assassinate and I took make them suffer because besides the student of conflict he didn't have any minions. 
Yeah, so I'm like, always... if I focus on the student, he can't summon anything back in, I can get three points so long as I kill that before the end of turn three. Yeah, um, and then you took Assassinate, right? I took Assassinate because you got to kill the Vickies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's usually a good choice against the Vickies. Yeah. Well, my, 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 my intention was to run up a dog or two to try and get squat markers early and then sort of bait the charge, you know? Yeah. But his second activation was, I'll activate my Vic of Ash, and she'll move to the center squat marker. Yeah. And I was like, uh, all right. Okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. He, he basically, I think it was a, I think it was a, a, a new Vicky's player mistake to, to think mm -hmm. that, you know, Masters, they're tough. Vicky Masters are not tough because they're split over two things. So uh, my... Yeah, so my plan was to use the the Ostringer to kill the Student of Conflict, try and kill the, the big Master Vicky early, try and kill Blood Vicky relatively early because she can still cause havoc. Um, I did not realize how tough freaking uh, Bishop is. That guy hits so hard and so yeah, often. He's very good. He's one I'm so, looking at picking yeah. up. Oh, so good. He's got really good... He's got extra AP. Just he can target defense. defense. He's got good stats for himself. Yeah, that's he's always got, nice. Yeah, he's, uh, he's very good. Attack pack ability. Ugh, just gross. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I did get. I did assassinate Master Vic on the at the end of round or at the beginning of round two. I pelted her with uh, with Ostringer attacks because I gave him nimble. I walked him into the forest and then I took a bunch of attacks and then I think I even reactivated him. So I got to take four. Um, Four Ostringer attacks against Victoria Bash on in in turn one, mm -hmm. uh, and then I think I even shot at her with Sadir at one point in time, and then at the top of round two I did the same thing. The Ostringer walks forward, takes you know two more attacks, yeah. and hits her because he's at shooting seven. She's at defense five. Mm -hmm. Even with a positive twist, yeah. she's gonna die. Uh, then I turned my attention to Blood, who died by the end of two, and then I turned my attention to the student who died at the beginning of three. I think. That basically was, gives yeah. six points locked that, up and a turn three. Um, good way to I already, it, I guess. Yeah, and I already had two points for uh, squatters' rights at that point. All I had to do was hold thing, hold one more round, in order to get yeah. nine and make it so he couldn't. Um, he flipped for a turn six. I was like, "Look, I'm at full points. If you get through turn six, you'll be at eight points." Then you have to flip for a turn seven to get to a 10-10 tie. That's the best we can do. And he's like, I'd like to play it out. And I was like, okay. So we activated. I got my first AP, or I got I got initiative. I ran a dog into a corner so he couldn't. Like, I, I was giving up my squatter's rights. I was at full points for it. I didn't need him anymore. So I ran my yeah, dog into a corner. Get more for his stuff. Exactly. He had make them suffer also. Mm -hmm. So if he had killed a dog with a henchman, he could have gotten a point. If he had killed both of my things, he could yeah. have gotten more points. But he needed, he did. He needed two more turns in order to get to ten points. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so end, of turn, end of turn six, he flipped again. We flipped no seven, and it, and it ended ten eight victory. Yeah, it was it was it was it's a really it was a scrap, man. It was really good. Yeah, and he, I mean, the Vicks are one of those masters where they are fragile. Like yeah, they will but die. their 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 ability to die has been 
you know, ridiculously compensated with their ability to kill. Oh, yeah, no, they When I killed the Master Vic, I figured that the first thing that would happen is Vic of Blood would move into a killing position, but he used her to cover for another point for squatter's rights, and I was like, no, you have your crew do all that stuff. You move your masters and henchmen forward to... And he was running a very elite crew, as it sounds like. I mean, just, they're all... His cheapest model cost, other than the student, was seven with Johan, so... Or yeah. six. Six with Johan because he's in faction. Yeah, because yeah. he's... Cause, yeah, so... That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, uh... <laughs> yeah, so he's running a real elite crew, which in squatters' rights is not ideal. Yeah. I mean... That's true. It, it's... You want more models. But it's something where you'll get the hang of it, obviously. Because the last thing you want to do is have your models, like, Taylor holding squat markers. You want them doing damage while... Your yeah. little stuff. Well, your but desperate she, mercs hold squad markers. Taylor and Johan are both amazing squatters' rights models because you can sit them. Yeah, because they have the three-inch melee. Right, yeah. be- exactly because you can sit them right mm-hmm. between two markers and they engage anyone who tries to touch either of them. Yeah. So he could have used that to. I think, that I think the the thing was like dropping Hans for a pair of desperate mercs or something like that. Oh, and he was he was not pleased with Hans. He's like, I just don't. I think I've fallen out of love. <laughs> And I'm like, I understand that. He's so expensive for what he does. You can spend two stones less to get a, a trapper. You can spend yeah. that on, you know, a Ronin and a couple stones for your cash to keep Vicky's alive. Oh, yeah. Hans, um, Hans, the thing, Hans is good at one thing. Removing upgrades. Yeah, he can remove upgrades, which, if you need to do that, can be really handy. But mm. there's not a ton of times where you need to do that. <laughs> So my biggest that, mistake, I think... He's got a gun. He can shoot stuff, but in squatter's rights, I mean, in most situations, he's not going to be your go-to. I think that my biggest mistake was that I... After I locked up my 8 to 10 points, I lost a little bit of focus. And I started doing a bunch of like little bits of damage to a bunch of models spread out between Vanessa, Bishop, and Johan. And if I had focused one of them down... <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have made killing all of them easier. So what I should have done was yeah. killed Johan, taken the saber away from the rider, although getting minimum damage 7 in turn 6 was so amazing. Um, taking, the, taking the sword away from the rider and giving it to the brutal effigy who was still alive at the time, yeah. and then charged him in to deal with... Vanessa. Well, no, because yeah. if I can kill Johan, then he goes up and targets Vanessa. Vanessa can't shoot anymore. She's yeah. at cast 9 mm-hmm. through most of the game. And then I use, you know, McCabe if he's mounted or dismounted McCabe to take out or at least fight with um, Bishop, and then sort of even out that field. Um, it would have the reduced the number of attacks. Yeah, the game focus when you're up is always hard. So those where like it can be, yeah, you just sort of lose you lose focus for a little bit, and then suddenly it's a closer game. It definitely like. Thing- Go ahead, sorry. And then when you are focused, it's you can you can squeeze things out like like that was the in the tournament in game two versus Kyle, that was the biggest thing is like I at a point at turn three I was like, I am going to lose this game. I have points for deliver message, but I don't think I'm gonna get any other points because my crew is all gonna be dead. Mm. And I just sort of like refocused, said, Okay, here's what I need to do to win like what and that's and how many points how many how can I get the most points possible and deny points and right if you focus like that you're going to have an advantage that leads me to my big point that I think I've learned from this week both of my games were like 
I scored all of my points, and I barely squeaked them down a couple of points. Um, so I think what I need to do is focus on learning how to deny now, um, because I'm I'm pretty decent at collecting and keeping my victory points, but I need to figure out how to keep them from doing the same thing. Uh, that'll be the, the way biggest that I thing is both win more and also those two things is yeah is the way to win because what you need to figure out what's the most victory point efficient way to do things too. Yeah, because like, if I can get a, two victory points or if I can deny four. That's a better. Yeah, exactly. That's a better idea. Yeah, because if I can go, and, and, if I can go eight two, then that's a better win than ten eight. Oh yeah, or especially in a, oh, if you're playing in tournaments and in casual, it's less of an issue. But when you're playing in tournaments, the differential just matters. So you want to do it. Uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah. All right. Well, I have one more game. Where are we at? We're at like over an hour already, but whatever. Well, we're getting close. <laughs> we, we have the yeah. we have the the feedback section, and then we'll we'll sign off. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Last game. Uh, I played against Joe on Saturday. Oh, just I know we talked about it last week about the two tournaments. I didn't get to go to the one on Sunday due to some health stuff. Having to go to the doctor, so. Not uh, him. It's okay. He's no. He's my fine. my girlfriend went to the had to go to urgent care, and I didn't. Want to be like, well, I'm gonna go play games, have fun. <laughs> Good luck with your body. Have some fun with yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she's going. She's she's going into a, a big week at school for you know she's in her last semester. She's got a big show coming up, so I you know needed to be that supportive and couldn't go play with my toy soldiers. But <laughs> I still got five games, and so it was a lot of fun. And luckily, There's I was up at plenty of games. Saturday, I played against Cheated Fates Joe. He played Dreamer. Uh, this is at Flatland Games. We went up there on a Saturday afternoon for some Malifaux, which was fun. He brought the Shooty Dreamer, not the Summoning Dreamer. I brought uh, Mizaki. This is my second game with Mizaki. And I enjoyed the first one a ton, and this one was fun also. So I think I'm liking Mizaki better than Kiris. Uh, I played her in so, Ten Thunders. It's so pleasing for me to hear. I... I the, for those of you in the audience who do not know this, I painted a Masaki crew very lovingly and painstakingly, and then I played her in in M2E right when the first uh, beta set was was finalized, and was like, "This crew is so boring." <laughs> you were I was I was not loving that crew, so uh, we but got the, I got the point where any of the crew that is in the box, you just play her with everything else. <laughs> That might be it, you know? <laughs> that's really, that's I mean, really, I, I don't play any of the other models with her. They come in, like, that you gave me. I, I That's the silly part about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, maybe one day I'll buy another Misaki crew and paint it. Just buy the metal and you don't need it. <laughs> don't need the no, rest of the, the plastic model looks so good, though. That's true. That's maybe I'll one. buy one, maybe I'll buy a model that looks as good as the plastic one. Yeah, and just and proxy that in, yeah. No, she's she's fun. I got to play her again. We played Interference, which Rudy talked about earlier. This is my first game with Interference, so I was excited to play it. It was actually the only one of the new strategies I hadn't played, so it was great to get a chance to do it. That'll be important uh, coming up, too. Yeah. Uh, our scheme pool was Protect Territory, Bodyguard, Frame for Murder, M Murder Protege, and line in the sand. Not murder protege. Make them suffer. Yeah, it was make them suffer, not murder protege. Anyway, and line in the sand. Uh, Joe declared line in the sand and took frame on an illuminated. 
which is a great target for frame because they are tough to kill and you need to kill them. If you don't, you're going to be hurting. Uh, I took murder, or make them suffer. I wrote murder project every time, so it's make them suffer. Uh, and <laughs> frame for murder on my Pathfinder. I didn't go through cruise. I brought Mizaki with a very wide selection. I brought Graves and Tannen. I love Tannen with her because of his cooler. He gets cards out of the opponent's hand, which Mizaki loves. Graves is really good. I thought he'd be good interference because he can push stuff out of engagement with other stuff. He can do a lot of damage to kill stuff, which is good. He can push into engagement with things. Just in general, the ability to yeah, push oh, that sounds great. in interference is great. And the idea that you can say, all right, Griggs is going to go ahead and push someone who's engaged and then push up to them, and now we're both yeah. out of combat. So that's plus mm -hmm. two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was great. He did really good work in the game. Uh, I had Mizaki with the wind upgrade, which gives her a push at the end of turn for free and zero action push on one of her models within six inches. I brought... I <laughs> love it. Which is Sorry, awesome. I love it. Interference, because you can push out and get points and push your other stuff. It would seem fantastic. I brought Disguise on her so she couldn't be charged, which I ended up completely forgetting. That was my biggest mistake. I'm just going to skip ahead, because it was in the upgrade section that I made my biggest mistake. <laughs> I didn't use Disguise, even though I paid two stones for it, and I didn't use Recalled Training, even though I paid a stone for it. I just... Left them there on the table. Didn't well, actually she's got so much going on on her card that you don't need to have anything on your other cards. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah, but I, I, I would have liked to have used my recalled training. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so she ended up... Uh, what else did I have? I had two ten Thunder Archers and Blot the Sky on Tannen. I figured they could do some work. I wanted to try them out because I just got the models built and set up on bases. So I wanted to bring them and see how they do. Block the Sky is a fun one. It gives them an extra 2 AP shot at the end of the turn if they're within 6 of the person holding it. It also has a thing where you can discard it to push them and give them defensive, so if they're both engaged at the beginning of Hannon's activation, I could have dropped it for that. Uh, it ended up, because Joe is a, a, a uh, crafty sort of guy, not really getting me a ton of advantage, but it did affect the way he played the game, which I think gave me an advantage just because it sort of warps. Well, while I didn't get a huge advantage like in the actual game sense, I got a big advantage in terms of warping the way Joe was playing around them, mm. if that makes sense. Uh, he played Dreamer. He brought uh, the one of the twins, the one with the whip that gets four inches. Uh, oh, Lilu. No, Lilu yeah, too. Lilu too, yeah, that's it. Because that's good in interference. Four-inch engagement would be awesome. He brought uh, two Illuminated. One was Frame for Murder. I deployed first, and he did a little sneaky thing, and he put the one with Frame for Murder on the opposite side from Mizaki and from Ama, who I also brought. And a I had Ama on a Pathfinder as well. So they were on one flank, Ama and Mizaki, and he deployed the one with Frame for Murder on the opposite flank, which was pretty pretty neat idea. And then he proceeded to push and charge one that was not his frame for murder target, right at Mizaki and Graves <laughs> and Ama, which well, I was like, obviously that is frame for murder. I'm going to focus on it with the Pathfinder and Graves, and I'm going to charge Mizaki over and kill the other one and gave him three points promptly. That's awesome. <laughs> totally worth it. 
because he was going to kill all my archers and Tannen with his illuminated if I didn't do it. So, <laughs> yeah, in turn two he got those, but I managed to stop him from murdering my crew, which was good. He uh, also had a doppelganger, which uh, seemed like a good idea with Line in the Sand. Uh, on yeah. turn two, I killed his frame for murder target, which was the illuminated with Mizaki. I got some attacks off. He brought two stitched with Dreamer, which is disgusting. It's Ugh. just silly. Because they have the reactivate thing. When they get down to one wound, they're hard to kill. And then they reactivate. Yep. Uh, but Dreamer can heal them if they're within six. So then they're not hard to kill anymore. Yep. And it's, so it's really like, good. I'm going to go ahead and uh, gamble your life. Oh, no, I took too much damage. I'm going to gain reactivate. Oh, I'll yeah. reactivate. Yeah, awesome. I'll heal too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did, he did, they, they did some fun stuff. Luckily, I managed to win a bunch of gambles just on some good flips. My archer was on defense four. was like, I'm just going to win this flip, and you're dead. <laughs> so that was awesome. And then that freed up my left flank, which basically won me the game with interference because mm. I had Tannen and the Archer basically holding down two corners after the Archer shot the remaining Sorrow. I said, okay, well, now I've got all the points for interference. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, but the Archer did a lot of work on that. Unfortunately, he got separated from Tannen and I couldn't use Bot the Sky. It didn't end up mattering, but yeah, good stuff. His line in the sand came up, came down to the last turn. I used Tannen. He came up and threw up Chatty, so the doppelganger couldn't drop a third marker, oh. which was great. So then she proceeded to just walk over and, and to engage Tannen to prevent, try and prevent me from getting a corner. Uh, but luckily, Graves used his uh, fence, his not his fence post, to show you the door to. I think actually I just killed. The, he was engaged by a daydream, so I just killed the daydream, and then he got me the points for interference. It ended up as a 9-5 win. I lost one point for make them suffer just because I think I, I chose to attack something else with Mizaki than a minion. I tried to kill the doppelganger, I think is what it was. My Pathfinder was great. He managed to kill uh, Lilitu before she got to do any real damage or work. Uh, Ama was the clunker. She just sort of wandered around not being terribly effective. She obeyed a couple of my guys, which is nice, but didn't really end up doing a ton. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not super in love with her yet. I don't yeah, I see a lot of people who really tout her a lot, but I don't as the Brits would say, I don't really rate Ama. So but I haven't seen her yeah. do anything, so maybe I'm yeah, I mean, maybe I've played her a couple times and she's alright, but not anything I'm gonna like like if I had Kang I would take Kang over her a lot. I'm yeah. sure. It's one of those ones where I don't have a lot of henchmen. Like, I'm not going to take Ototo over her. Or, no, Ototo's not the henchman. Uh, I forgot her name. Yamaziko. No, I, mean, I think Ototo is the henchman, yeah. I don't know. Or a henchman. Let me take a look. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think yeah, I think they might, might both be henchmen. But, anyway. Yeah, so that was that. Uh, ended up winning, I think it was 9-5. to five. I don't actually remember the score. Joe uh, managed to kill Mizaki. He killed my frame for murder with Lord Chompy, which was awesome. Because I thought I wasn't going to get full points for that. Oh, Toto and Yamaziko are both henchmen. Okay, they're both henchmen. Yeah. But I don't take either of them usually, so... 
I don't know. Maybe I should take a look at him again, but that didn't seem to impress me. If I remember correctly, though, uh, Yamaziko's really cheap, so she might be one to consider just for being not expensive in some games. I think she only costs like seven or something. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah, my biggest mistake was getting Mizaki tied up with Daydreams late game and forgetting her upgrades. I already said that about her upgrades. That was silly. I just forgot some pushes. I let him charge me, I think, once. Maybe not, but I, it, it didn't really matter that much, but still unfortunate. I could have, at some points, I could have pushed her away, and then he would have had to charge in, like when he summoned Chompy late game and killed her. So he wouldn't have been able to charge, but it was I just forgot about him. I need to work on that. It's part of that was it's only my second game with her, so yeah, eh, it still worked out all right. I managed to win just on interference mainly, getting me extra points. So uh, that was that, and I kept him to only one point on line in the sand, which was fantastic. With yeah, line in the sand is line in the sand is is it's either really easy to uh, to stop or really hard to stop. Like, <coughs> depending on the crew and depending on the setup, like you're either going to be able to stop them, sort of no matter what, and it was just a bad choice, or they have a system of putting ski markers down so foolproof, like a Colette, that it, they're going to be able yeah. to spam that line so well that you cannot stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's an, an interesting choice from Joe. I think it might be that he's just trying to learn. How to use it? I don't know. Anyway, because I think he was he like you that he didn't necessarily take line in the sand because it didn't think of it necessarily as an option. He, I don't know. He said he hadn't taken a lot and he was going to try it. I don't. I haven't. I haven't. The funny thing is, I played a meta game with Joe, but I haven't played him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like it's weird. Uh, well, I mean, his his meta is exploding, so he's got a lot of yeah. We need a lot of players. Take care. A lot of variety. But it's I've, I think I've maybe played under five games with Joe like since I started playing. <laughs> you get a lot of variety, and they all play Dreamer. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Although John Arcanist John brought out the Gremlins because he was oh, like, really? "We don't need more Arcanist players. No, someone should play Gremlins." He played Ulix though, so that's still sticking. That's with a fun game, man. <laughs> okay, so we. We got a couple bits of um, a couple of bits of feedback as well as I, I posted on the Facebook page relatively late because it was sort of an afterthought. Uh, if anyone had any questions or comments for us from from maybe a basic Malifaux or or even a podcasting standpoint, we got we got a few responses. So we're going to go ahead and cover those this week. It's so exciting. I love the fact that people are in, interacting with us. Yeah. We're, having, we're having distract, two action interacts with us. Anyway, uh, so Joe asked us a fake question, which was, uh, why is it so satisfying to kill Masaki even if it's worth no actually actual victory points every time? Uh, my answer to that is the same reason why it's so satisfying to kill the Victorias uh, every time, even if it's worth no victory points, and that's because it has to happen. It's like, uh, it's like an investment in your future. It's an opportunity. Uh, it's an opportunity cost. You have to kill the victorious. You have to kill Masaki. Otherwise, they will slowly but surely scratch every model on your crew off the list. So I think that's why it's satisfying because you're investing in your future. I think what it's satisfying. 
because she's prettier than all the other masters, so they're jealous and want to kill her. From a model standpoint or from... Yes, yes. <laughs> Both. She has a really uh, no, fantastic and, model. And what you said, you know, she, you can... In the game we played, it was actually, like, it didn't get him any victory points, but it also gave him the chance, because he did kill Mizaki, it did make it actually maybe possible for him to get line in the sand instead of impossible, because he was not going to get it if he didn't kill Mizaki. Just that was going to keep engaging Dreamer or just remove markers. Yeah. So if he didn't kill her, because because the doppelganger got shut down by Tannen, it, it wasn't going to, he wasn't going to get line in the sand, so he needed to kill mm. her. But yeah, she is. You know, it's. I do. I do get that though. I. I. I feel the satisfaction of killing stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of masters who it's like. Oh. I think I'm less so though too. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. McMorning is my favorite to kill stuff with though. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing more fun than turning someone's master into a flesh construct. Now you're a shambling Hulk. It's it's the <laughs> it's the closest thing do I have to my favorite moment in Malifaux One Five. Which was Colette's mannequin replacement. Now you're in a pretty dress. Now it's like I'm gonna go ahead and expunge you for too much damage. Now you're a shambling hulk of a man. You used yeah. to be a dog. Now you're a flesh construct. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Joe had a real question also, or a serious question. It's very <laughs> serious. Uh, which new strategy do you like the best? I've only done three of them. So it's you've got a you've got a better basis of answering the question, but I'll I'll give you my two cents after you're done. I think we're supposed to both both supposed to answer. I know, I know, but you, oh. but okay, well, my, I played my all opinion is worth once. <laughs> I played all of them once, and I played Headhunter three times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, but I played the other ones once each, and it's a tough one. They're all really fun. My I think my favorite. My top three would be Interference, Headhunter, and Claim the Bounty. That's only 60% of the schemes, I mean. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they're, they're, they're real fun. I mean, Interference I just played once. It was fun, but I, if I had to pick one, it would be Headhunter. If I had it to pick one today... a lot of fun. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed Interference. And it's because there's a really subtle interplay between um, it, it makes it makes a few things really important. One, it makes pushes really important, which are cool. Uh, two, it makes model count really important, in, but in a way that's unlike uh, Reconnoiter. And three, it makes engagement range really big because if I have one person with a four-inch range, like oh, say Lucas McCabe. I can use him to have one man engaging four or five guys all at once, and then swing in a couple of you know puny okay. one one uh, or sorry three or four stone models in the backfield to to get the points for that. Um, so yeah, I think it's got a really huge improvement. Um, yeah, the reconnoiter also I feel it's just reconnoiter, but actually like entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the thing with the thing with Reconnoiter versus with Interference is in Reconnoiter, uh, summoners have just uh, a ridiculous advantage just because it's such an attrition-based strategy. It's like, well, I'm going to keep yeah. making things, and they're going to keep killing your things. But in this, it's like, well, you can have all the things, but if they're, you know, next to a tailor, who's good against summoners anyway, uh, yeah. you're going to have you're still going to have a bad time. I kind of like the idea of playing Molly in this, though, just because I could summon stuff next to your stuff late game. <laughs> yeah. 
late turn. Late in the turn, it's like, fun. awesome, I'm in this thing, and now all of those are engaged by my Shikome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. That was, yeah, so far I think Headhunter, but I, I could <laughs> see a case for interference. And the Claim the Bounty, I, I enjoyed quite a bit when I played it, too, so... Uh, we got a little bit of feedback on the forums from a, a, a user named Dr. Lucky. Uh, he, his, uh, his quote says, uh, liking your podcast, congratulations on five. I haven't gotten a chance to listen. If you haven't had a chance to listen to these guys, they're, they're laid-back conversationalists with a fun challenge and tons of battle reports. Give a listen. Uh, for your games discussions, maybe try to pinpoint where, the pro- where in the process you, you felt you made the mistake and how to rectify it from the future. I feel like we did a little bit of that today because we've, I've been trying to do it myself. Like Al said, there was the one where he... I think we're made getting the- better at it. Yeah, you make the decision. Like you can make mistakes during your hiring process. You can make. I I often make mistakes during my scheme or strategy or my scheme my scheme selection. That's usually where my biggest mistake is. Um, yeah. But yeah. But so so sort of figuring out where that happens in the process as opposed to just being like, and then I did something wrong. Um, and I'm pretty sure you read that one last time. But. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't <laughs> because his his uh, his co- his quote came out after. Oh, okay. My post that said, "Here's our new episode. It's number five. <laughs> so okay. it had to have been after we posted our, our fifth episode. All right, all right. Eh, eh, eh. Um, all right so then, uh, we got another one. This was an email. Yes, we got two emails. And you cut um, the guy's name out, though. Oh, let me go find it. I can find it. All right, I'm gonna read our our late input question. Wait, did we? Oh, where's on the, the first oh, there's, yeah, it's on there. Okay, there's another one. Cut out both their names. I'm working on it. <laughs> you right, said so last name Facebook. We, they, they don't have any names, though. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is... We have one uh, more Facebook question. Let me do that while you're doing that. Go ahead. Uh, from Lin Chiming. Uh, I keep hearing Rasputina is an excellent master. How is she played, and with what crews? I find other Arcanists much better and more flexible. I've never played Rasputina... I think that she is good at doing damage at ranged and pushing out of stuff. Uh, that's her main thing is using her ice people to shoot spells at you from really far away. Uh, her crew is mainly frozen heart stuff that she can use to shoot at you from far away. I know she likes snowstorm and you know pretty much anything on snow. I don't know if she really brings outside of her theme stuff and gets a huge advantage from it. Uh, I I can jump in. I, I agree. yeah. I mean, you've she actually played her, so yeah. She doesn't she doesn't have a ton of of out of faction synergy except for things like you know good scheme model runner or scheme marker yeah. runners like Molman and uh, stuff like that. She plays really well with her with her themes crew like the Blessed, the December Acolytes. The thing is that in her theme, probably two of the two of the best Arcanists. Um, models Minions. are in it. You've got yeah. your December acolytes who are amazing. They're good in melee. They're good in. They're good at mid range. They have from the shadows. They give out slow, so they're really good midfield sort of um, bullies. They they slow people down. They do a lot of damage. They're great. And then you also have the um, the silent ones, which are one of the best long range bombers as well as healers uh, in the faction, if not the game. They have a zero that heals. Really good. Their their one action can shoot into engagement and also create blasts that do more damage or heal um, frozen heart minions within range of them. So it's like Silly. 
they they can do so much with their AP if they're inside of a faction crew, and they do so much that I often find myself running them in other uh, crews. Like I find them great in Colette. I find them good in Ironsides. So like yeah. you've got two really solid minions there. The Ice Gammon are good cheap models for dropping. Um, Interact action scheme markers, and also for engaging other models sort of down the field and creating right. blasts. The last part of the question, though, is I find other Arcanists much better and more flexible. Would you agree with that? Or I think I would. Like, go ahead. <laughs> I've only played two of them, but I, I just from playing against Rasputina, I think so. Just in terms of the master itself, she's not one that's going to be like, well, now I'm going to run up and do this scheme. She's going to do her thing. Whereas other that, masters can do a lot more flexibility. Like in my game with Colette, I was able to chase down ski markers and discard them. I don't see Rasputina being like, I'm gonna run and across the entire board and discard your ski markers to deny you two points. Like <laughs> That's there's, true. There's a lot more flexibility. And then that's with all crew all factions, there's the more flexible and the more focused, but go ahead, Rudy. I think that um, one her her flexibility is going to come in a little bit. I think during the um, avatar beta, as they sort of give her a secondary role with uh, from what from what we saw at the end of the avatar beta when it was out there was they're sort okay, of starting is, to give her insider information. Is it? No, I don't think so. It was part of the public okay. beta. Yeah, it was the old one. Okay, I was just wanting to know if you had some like up to the minute breaking news or something. Really. No, 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 not at all. Okay. No, I am, I am, I am extremely far out of the loop. I promise. Um, right. Back, back at the end of the public avatar beta, she her form was to be able to. She gained a new thing called I think December's Maw, which was a melee attack, and she gains armor, so she can sort of make herself more of a melee beat stick, which was interesting. But I would, for the most part, currently agree. Wait, it's called uh, December's Maw. Or something like that. <laughs> I hope so. That's awesome. That's a great name for it. It's all about getting anyway. eaten by the... Anyway. Um, yeah. I, I love ability names in Malifaux, and that one is going to be right up at the top of the list if it's actually <laughs> called that. <laughs> uh, anyway. And uh, I, But other than that, I think I would agree with you that she's 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 really good at shooting things and doing... A, she's sort of like a ranged version of the Victorious. She's sort of squishy if you can get into melee, but if you can keep her safe and ranged out, she can blast people to hell. Um, limited upgrades are sort of the big question right now. Shattered mirrors for people who want to be able to have way more control over where and how many times you can shoot because it increases your... Increases your cast, lets you take triggers. Um, but I know a lot of people say that if you're looking at uh, more top end um, uh, raspy players, play uh, Armor of December instead because that gives them guarded advance, which lets you push three inches, and that's how you keep from getting tied down in melee. Also, I think you have, you're going to play some games with raspy at some point, I am. right? Yeah, she's on my so list for the upcoming. Playing, yeah, upcoming I'll call you. Yeah, I'll be getting. We'll be we'll talking more about her in the future. So, love it. Keep listening, yay! Uh, also, then emails. Did you put names on those? I did. Okay, we have we an have... email from Jeffrey. Let me read this one. It's my turn. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jeffrey says, "Greetings, gentlemen. I wanted to start by saying I'm semi-adopting your ma uh, mistakes were made style commitments." I'm playing five straight games with a master before I'm allowed to play another. Now, I don't have your experience or knowledge of the game, but I find it helps. Thanks you very much for the compliment. Um, I'm a very new player. I originally played in 1.5. I never... I'm going to skim through a little bit here. Burr, burr, burr. Uh, 
Uh, he bought a bunch of the he bought he owns all of the Neverboard plastics basically, but he's more of, he was more of a buyer than a player. Uh, eventually, the game that he was with, where, by the company that shall not be named, uh, made him lose his interest in that. Um, so he and a good friend of his uh, moved back over to Malifaux. His friend grabbed Raspy. His friend picked for him to start playing Terra. He's played four straight games with Terra, prepping to start Pandora. His question is, um, Terra is a challenging master. It's, it's very true. She's very complex. Uh, but her totem, Karina, seems utterly useless. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think that if uh, if you're finding Karina totally useless, it might be because in the wave, in the new wave of models, in the second wave, there were upgrades for them. Karina got an upgrade which allows her to summon um, horror models. I think what I said in my email back to yeah, him because was she was. Utterly useless. She so. was. She was literally completely useless in that there was... And now like she's a, slightly better. She's quite a bit better now, I think. Just I, because I think what Karina does is she, she brings Terra into the Rezzer faction sort of improper because yeah. it turns her into a summoning master. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives her some... It's She's, she's much better now. It's great. Yeah. There's also a couple of really corner case times to bring her, but mostly it's it, they're super gamey. Like, oh, you're bringing the Dreamer. All right, I'm going to go ahead and bring Karina, and the instant that you're burying the Dreamer, I'm going to go ahead and set him on fire. Or, oh, you're bringing uh, Bat Noir. I'm going to go ahead and set her on fire anytime she's under the ground. Or Leviticus. Like, it's taking. She's the, one of the biggest takes advantage of models while they're under, while they're buried, and to do that against a enemy who has like a very specific mechanic is, is sort of mm-hmm. is sort of mean, I think. Uh, but that's a bit that's a bigger question. That's a bigger yeah. conversation, I think. Go ahead. Yeah. Hit me with the last one. Rob sent us an email. Hey guys, just I'm just wanted to say I've been listening to the podcast and keep up the good work. You guys are dialing in on a good format. I think the structure lately has helped a lot. Yay, more structure. <laughs> As someone who got into Malifaux about two Gen Cons ago, I went out and bought way too many Masters too quickly before I learned the game at all. Really, uh, I like the idea behind why you started the podcast. I'd played at least four or five Masters over two factions, uh, all maybe once or twice, and wasn't learning the game itself, much less the intricacies of any one Master. Yep. Keep going with what you've been doing. If you have any suggestions, if I had any suggestions, it's to really play up the focus on the name of your podcast. It's a great platform for discussing so much of the games, talking about a master, really the mistakes people are going to fall into while starting them. That's a good idea. Mm, that's a great uh, idea. The talk about Lady J was great. How she is more than just one-dimensional beat stick. Thank you, Joe. Uh, when you go over a game, what did you screw up? Not expect. What was the I won? I won't make that mistake again. Moment. Anyway. That's about it. Have fun. Thank you, Rob. That was a good email. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that idea of talking about some masters that we have more experience with and the mistakes you're going to fall into with them. That might be a good idea for a future I like that a topic. Lot, yeah. The idea of, Just you know, here's, here, here's what you're going to want to do and here's why you probably shouldn't. Because <laughs> I love talking about Seamus and Molly. 
I like talking about Hoffman and, and uh, McCordy. We don't get to talk about them on the mo- on this podcast because we've played them and they're not doing anything new with them, but yeah, I'd love to talk about them. So. Sure. Maybe we'll Put do it on that the list. next week. <laughs> yep. On the list. The secret list. Cool. So thanks for the feedback, feedback, everybody. If you guys post more feedback, we'll read it. The podcast will get super long. Is all right. Yeah, because uh, we have unlimited time now. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All uh, the world. I think we skipped one thing in our bullet points. Oh, math. We skipped our math segment. Math. I played right. five games. I already did mine. I did mine ahead, so you guys don't get to hear me count. Oh, I'm ready, yeah. Uh, I played five five games. I'm up to 71 out of 140. If you remember, I got a new master, so I dropped back down below 50%, and now I'm back at 51% because we nice. wound up in Malifo. And <laughs> 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 I'm at like 50 point zero six or fifty point six zero or something so it rounds up. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple like two games left with Colette, five left with Kiris, I think now. Mizaki has eight left. But yeah. I went to to plan some more. I went to Guardian Games this week with the intent to play a game with McCabe and a game with Perdita to get me up to two games played with everybody. Then I realized I still have one game played with Molly, and I didn't get to play my game with Perdita. So I am at 66 out of 95, which is 69% overall. Uh, I've got a bunch of twos and threes left. What I may do is just go through and take out all of my fours. Like, next week I might play Ramos, and the week after that I might play Kadai. Then everything (laughs) else has two or more games left. Um, I'm looking forward to the the uh, little local regional tournament thing, which is called Beer Lefo out here, because that might be able to help me knock out, you know, uh, yeah. a couple of masters pretty quick, which would be great. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's where my math is currently. Moving forward, uh, you already talked about it a little bit. You're trying hmm. to just cross off a lot of things from the list. I. I'm moving forward from Arcanists. I'm not going to play them for a little while. I need a break. They're getting boring. Mainly because I don't have a ton of the other models to go with them. Yeah. Like, I put them... I, when I, I think when I was doing the tournament, I was packed my bag up, and I was like, oh, I actually, when I put only Arcanists in this bag, I don't actually need that third tray. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, I really don't have that many of these models. This is, uh, you know. So I, I, while I've been playing them, I've been playing a lot of... Joss and Cassandra, like even though I'm playing two different masters, because they're just really good. Plus, there's some stuff I want to see once it comes out later and play with, mm. like uh, like maybe some uh, of the Ironside stuff. I might want to get a Mech Rider. Oh, so good! When the plastics come out, I mean that's that's a real good one to play. But I'm not gonna be playing them for a while and. At uh, I talked to Joe on Saturday after our game, and I think I'm gonna try Leviticus for a bit now. What? I'm working on getting them base, getting some bases done for him. I got them all put together and pinned and primed, so I just gotta paint them and base them, put them on the bases, and you still gotta get your um, your uh, mechanical rider then. Yeah, I don't need that one. I'll be fine. Oh, you're gonna play the horrors time, so you can play your undead rider, right? No. Yeah, I could. I mean, I, I don't know if I need the rider, depending on what I'm playing. That's true, but it's nice to have. It's good, but... It's Dead rider's so I, good. But I have ten whole games to play with him, so... 
Also, I'll be declaring Outcast, so I could also sneak in some more games with Mizaki, who Smart. I'm enjoying. And she's a nice yeah. counter to... I don't know, they both kill stuff a lot, but... I don't know. I, once I start playing with Leviticus, maybe I'll see what how they're different, and it'll be fun to see the differences between the two. Hopefully I like him just as much as Mizaki, so... I, I'm seven games away from finishing out Rezzers. I feel like I should just, in, in Beer Lefo, take out Terra and Kadai and finish that game off. And then I'll have to do Molly, and then I'll be done. I should start painting Molly. I've got her sitting here staring at me. That's creepy. Yeah, she's on my desk, just like, giving me the evil eye. Yep. <laughs> Holding that head. Yep. You gotta, you gotta sculpt out the head now, though, because she can't. She can't have it, yeah. You have to, you have to I, I turn it into I turn it into a bowling ball, I guess. That would be awesome. Make her like uh what's that movie? Mystery Men. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh no. You just oh you did it. Oh <laughs> that would be Molly's crew is the mystery men. That's it. Wow. Janine Garofalo in the Mystery Men as the bowler. That is insane. Anyway, what else do you want to talk about, really? Mystery Men. Now, I mean, well, just that. We could turn this off and we'll record our movie podcast. <laughs> uh, I can get you on one of talk about superhero movies from the 90s. No, I think we're to the point where we should probably wrap it up, right? I mean, we it's did been our, like we two did hours. So. Any more, and it's going to get harder for people to listen to the whole thing. Do Unless we break it up. Very briefly, did you listen to the drunk episode all the way through? I don't remember. I was I, I remember listening <laughs> to the so drunk and I blacked it out. <laughs> because about seventy five percent of the way through, uh, the guy whose name I can't remember, but I think he's drill bucket on the forums, uh, was like, uh, I will I will guarantee you that not one person is still listening to this podcast right now. And I was yeah, like I heard that part. I am and it made me laugh. I, I paused. I think I actually ended up listening to it. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention for most of it. I think I was like playing video games and listening to it, so I didn't absorb well, they, much of it. Yeah, they <laughs> talked about they talked about um, all these different things throughout the thing. Like, uh, yeah, what what is good. the real reason why? What's the real reason why so and so married his wife? And the answer was because his her dad was yes, a, I remember a that. Gamer. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one that was like something who, about a cat. Yeah, I don't remember the cat thing. I think it's because it was on the video and not on the... Oh, that's brutal. Okay. On the actual thing. Anyway, uh, this is Mistakes Were Made. This is our sixth episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Our email is qrudy... mwmpodcast at gmail.com. And our Twitter is at... mwmpodcast. <laughs> that's it. mwmpodcast. We both tweet from there. Uh yep. I also tweet at Al4317. And I tweet at at Shubak R. I can't even say my own last name. Um, so well, have you seen it? S-C-H. <laughs> yes, quite a bit. At S-C-H-U-E, P as in Paul, B as in boy, A-C-H-R. And that's me. On the Twitter. There are more letters in there. You are right. <laughs> See you later. Send us more feedback. Send us more feedback, yeah.
we don't have a telephone number. I have, my friend Dan, who does all those podcasts for us, has a telephone number as well for people to call in and leave feedback. You could, do like a, you could set up a Google phone number, right? That's the thing. I think that might be what he did. I mean, I'm just rambling, so we have something to fade out over while, while, the, while the train noise. Crazy train music cue. When I was a top, my mom's dropped fables and stories to warn me of the dangers that were laying before me. To keep it in a rest, and she would hide the lesson. To guide my direction, provide the right message. In time, I developed a sense of her embellishment. Since I was rebellious against what she was telling me when I was a teen, I pretended that my demons were friends. I defended the place, yo, and that was the case. Slurred speech dripping off of my face. The world creeped as I slipped to the awfulest place you could imagine. Not the average things you see on acid. My granddad bloody hovering on a speaker cabinet, laughing in a raspy tone, covered in maggots, a snack on his. Mass of the bone, I couldn't grasp it. Did it double dismount?